Welcome in to the Full Tilt Devi podcast and happy new year to everyone out there. It's 2024. We are completely through the college football season and getting into a really fun time for all of us here. And that is the off season. We have transfer portal. We have uh, recruitment deadlines. We have coaching changes that's happening really late in all of this. So there's a lot of really awesome, fun things that are going down, and we're going to cover it all as well as doing our first Debbie mock of 2024. As always, I am your host, Lucas Gilbert at L Gilbert, L Gilbert FF on Twitter. Uh, to depending on how you're looking at this, but to my right right now, have at Andy Star, uh, A Star FF on Twitter, and then Mr. John Arrington at Dynasty Coach A. And we have a new face on the podcast tonight or the show, depending on how you're uh, (laughs) digesting all of this. And that is Mr. Josh Chevalier from fantasy points. He is one of the leads over there for their college football content. He does rankings on the websites. He is extremely active in the discord. You definitely want to go and be checking out his stuff, but Josh, I'll give you a second to introduce yourself to the crowd. Yeah, man. I'm just thankful to be on with you guys tonight. I'm excited to do, yeah, this first Debbie draft for me too, 2024. And so, yeah, you know, I've been at Fantasy Points for the last couple of years um, and have just had a wonderful time getting to to know uh, Tom and um, and some other guys over there. And so it's been it's been fun being over there, but I'm excited to be with you guys tonight and and uh, chatting it up and look forward to getting into this draft. Fantastic. Andy, John, I hope you all had an awesome holiday season. How are you all feeling as we transition away from what was the 2023 college football season? We now have a national champion in the University of Michigan. What's your initial thoughts? Uh, Andy, let's start with you. Uh, First of all, go blue. Um, I know I am a Wisconsin fan, but I do reside here in Michigan. And uh, I am a fan, I guess, by association. So it's it's been crazy here. I'm just 45 minutes away from Ann Arbor, so everyone is super stoked about that. Uh, Michigan played amazing. I don't think anyone expected them to stomp Washington like that uh, and shut down Michael Penix like that. Uh, but it was a great game, great playoff in general. I think that first game against Alabama was you know one for the record books, one for the ages. Uh, going into overtime, Blake Corum scoring you know another record-breaking touchdown. Um, you know, excited to see where he's going to go. Obviously, we know he's going to go to the NFL, but uh, where he ends up there. And uh, and then, you know, we got to see what happens with J.J. McCarthy. And that's just kind of the story of college football right now is we don't really know a lot about anything. Uh, so and that's what makes it exciting. So uh, I'm excited to get going with another offseason here. Uh, but as far as how I feel about next season, well, we're going to get into that, obviously. Uh, but we were just talking off the air about how, it's not as uh, it's not as shiny in the future as it once was for the Debbie landscape, but uh, you know we'll work through it. John, I mean, what can I say? I, I started off 2024 at 100 percent, like batting a thousand. Uh, I said that Michigan was going to win the the championship. Uh, what a month ago, a month and a half ago. When was our last pod? I mean, it was a while ago. It's it's so, been a while. First week of December. Yeah, sorry. It's the first week of December. So a month ago, I said that Michigan was going to win it all. Here we are. Michigan won it all. JJ McCarthy, stud, won it all, dominated 
all 10 of his completions just absolutely dominated and you know i i, I what else can i say but i you know just you know who to follow 100 percent hit rate baby i also picked michigan so but i didn't victory lap anywhere close to that i picked washington you, i i, I can't remember I picked, if I picked, wishful thinking I picked first, and so you were just really riding coattails. It doesn't really count, but you know, it, like it, I, I'll give you a little bit of credit. We're, we're going to give you like a, we're going to give you like a seventy-five percent accurate, you know, hit rate. I don't remember if I picked Washington or Texas to be. I think I picked Texas. I don't remember. <laughs> that part doesn't matter. I think I picked Washington, but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Josh, what are your reactions to the end of the 2023 college football season, the college football playoffs, and just getting excited about 2024? Yeah, well, you know, I I am in uh, Austin, Texas, so it, and I work with college students at the University of Texas, and so does my wife, actually. So it it would have been very beneficial if Texas would have beat Washington and played Michigan in the national championship game. So, you know, I'm a little sad that they missed out on that opportunity. Um, I felt like if Stark didn't get cute and decide to throw the, throw the ball for like the first quarter and a half, then uh, they would have had a better shot. But, uh, you know, but I'm happy for Michigan. Look, you know, it's been a long time coming for them to be able to win one. feels like it's a good way for Harbaugh to hopefully go out and go to the pros and, uh, and, you know, I'm about to see some serious transition within college football and the powers that be um, as far as coaches go. So um, I'm looking forward to, man, 2024 is starting off with a banger. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it, so it is absolutely wild. And the news that you are referencing, it dropped a couple hours before we recorded this podcast. It will be probably a day or two old by the time you all are listening or watching this show. But Nick Saban is stepping down as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. He is retiring after six championships and 12 seasons. It's an unprecedented run. And he is arguably the greatest coach that we've ever seen at the college level. As a Tennessee fan, good riddance. Uh, great respect. To we got Lucas cutting out, so I, I will continue oh. what his thought was. Or no, he's back, so I guess he can continue his thought process. Oh, I didn't even realize those cutting out. We can clean all that stuff up later, but yes, <laughs> I'm very happy that Nick Saban will no longer be on the sidelines for Alabama. I at least know that whoever they will bring in there can't do as good of a job as he was doing. So there's, there's a positive there. Now, he Whoever it is could do as good of a job, and then I will continue to be as sad as I have been for the past <laughs> almost 15 years at this point. But we'll see. Uh, but congratulations to Nick Saban on a fantastic career. Wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors. Just please don't continue to help Alabama. So that's my thoughts <laughs> on it. Uh, where are y'all's thoughts to Nick Saban retiring? <laughs> I think he, he he saw one season of Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson and said, "I got to get the hell out of here." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I actually give him props because I feel like so many head coaches and just uh, athletes in general don't call it quits when they should. And I feel like this was a good time for him to call it quits. They made it to the four man playoffs, the last four man playoffs. They didn't obviously, you know, go beyond that, but we knew that that team had some issues they weren't going to win the national championship next year. It just wasn't going to happen like that. That's not happening. Uh, other teams are much better than whatever they were going to be. 
And I just see it getting worse and worse and worse. And, and, you know, eventually he's going to be like, oh, I should have, I should have called it quits when we made it to the playoff again, you know, like that kind of thing. So I feel like he did it right. And, uh, you know, like it's just, he's had an amazing career. There's no controversy. There's nothing. It's just amazing career. What, what else can you say? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think that the state of college football right now makes it so incredibly difficult to be an elite head coach. Um, just essentially your entire team is an unrestricted free agent every year now. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and you got to add that on top of recruiting. And now you got to add that, add the transfer portal to what you're doing on top of recruiting. And it's, it's Saban's a guy, he's done it. He has nothing left to prove. I feel like for, he thought it over and said, you know, it's not worth it for me anymore. I'm sure he could be great for another decade if he wanted to be, but it's, you know, what, there's nothing left for him to prove. Um, so get out while, while he's, you know, an sec champion. Uh, he like John said, they made the playoff the last 14 playoff. I'm sure they would have been in the 12 team playoff every single year if he's decided to stay. Um, but it's just too much. And I think you're going to start seeing this with a lot of head coaches at these bigger programs that are just going to sit there and wonder to themselves, is it really worth it for me to stay here? If maybe there's an NFL opportunity or maybe there's a broadcasting opportunity now that I've already done, you know, I've already won a national championship or I've already, you know, hit sort of my peak in, in college football coaching. Um, you know, we're not going to sit here and speculate who's the next Alabama coach is going to be. I'm sure a lot of people are going to do that, but whoever it is, is going to be, have to be somebody who is, you know, ready to take on that role of being this type of football coach who's going to be literally grinding every single day of your life, it feels like, to to stay competitive because, you know, there's going to be turnover and you you always have to be active in that portal and recruiting. There's there's just so much going on in college football right now that I, I just I can't imagine what it's like to be one of those head coaches. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a fat it's a fascinating time, right? Culture is shifting. Right. College football, the landscape is shifting. And this is the time for guys like that to get out, like you said. And I I think, yeah, man, good on him. He had a great career. And um, now it's going to be fun to see what the new new kids on the block, kids like Dan Lanning. Right. Like Kirby Smart, like these guys that have been coming up and, um, you know, I think new coaching trees and, and new opportunities. And so, you know, and even, you know, just seeing like the Washington and Michigan, two teams that haven't, you know, really been able to get over that hump over the last several years, like transfer, transfer portal and NIL, right? Like those two things are making things harder to have depth and harder for the top teams to just gather all that talent to themselves. And it's like, you know, Bama and Georgia are still the most talented teams, but they didn't have quite as many five stars because maybe they went to South Carolina or somewhere else. And so you see all this shifting and, you know, I think there's things to be excited about, but yeah, if I, if I'm saving good career, end of an era, I think that speaks volumes in, in multiple ways. Definitely. And Andy, you said, we're not going to speculate on who the next coach could be. Cause that could be 30 minutes worth of conversation very easily. I will say I, not that I want Alabama to lose a bunch of games, but I think they need a palate cleanser. 
let somebody come in and be bad for a little bit. So they reset fans expectations <laughs> and then you go out and get the next person. That way fans are expecting them to win a national championship every other season. Just my thoughts on it. You know, maybe they allow Tennessee to win a couple of games in the series. I'll be a happy man. And then I can be sad for another 15 years after that. It doesn't Look, take give much. Me, give, you, give you a quick two year window with Nico. And then, oh, then they can be dominant again, right? I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm looking forward to that so much. And speaking of Nico, I think that we need to take a very quick break before we get into our 2024 Debbie mock draft. And we'll go over the rules right before it starts. But I'm really excited for it. Uh, and we'll also go over what the order is. So sit tight. We will be right back. And we normally do that on a live show, and I have forgotten that. So this is fantastic. <laughs> we are just learning as we go here. But for the Debbie mock draft, uh, some quick ground rules that we're going to lay out. Uh, right now, we are not going to be including any of the Ohio State players who may or may not declare. So we're going to just remove them off the board. That means no Travion Henderson available. Of course, you know, no Marvin Harrison Jr., but also no Amika Buka. So just taking them off the board already. And then we can move on from there. Uh, we are doing players who are projected to still be in college as of next season. So, of course, you know, we won't see Caleb Williams or Drake Mays or anyone like that in this draft. This is projected 24 draft or 2025 draft class and on. So uh, having said that, the draft order, because I'm too nice and let you all decide it, is I will be at the 101, Andy <laughs> at the 102, uh, John Arrington's at the 104, and Josh, you have the 103. We will be doing a snake draft, so that means I have quite a bit of time after I make this first selection to think about what I need to do see how you all are screwing up the draft and then pounce on the value once it comes back to me because I get to double tap that. So I'm really excited for that portion. But there's going to be a ton of really good players who go off the board very fast. So having said all that, I hope you all are ready to get started on this. They have some fun. Let's go. Yes, sir. All right. So with the 101, I'm going to be unoriginal, do something very gross, and I'm going to hate myself for it just a little bit. Oh, the 101 for me right now is Evan Stewart, school to be declared later. <laughs> Was looking at this pick. Boise State. <laughs> oh my gosh, please. No. Oh, that would wreck that, me. That, that oh. was Malachi Nelson. <laughs> yes. Malachi Nelson went there, or he's projected. We're, all, to, we're right? also we're also recovering from that. Too oh soon. my gosh! Oh and my God, make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode. We have some very fun news since you brought up Malachi Nelson. So really fun news for 2024. Going to be kicking it off with a giveaway, but we will talk about that at the very end of the show. But 101 going with Evan Stewart. It was between Stewart and Luther Burden for me, and I just have Stewart a little bit higher. I am concerned that I don't know where his next school will be right now. Would love for it to be Tennessee, but I think that they've backed off that recruiting. But I do think that Evan Stewart is a slightly better prospect, at least for my picking. And so I'm going to make sure I get the person who's highest rated for me in this class. Evan Stewart, 101. Very quick thoughts. 
I can't hate the pick. You know, I've already said many times on this show that he's my wide receiver one in 2025. So awesome. Yeah. I think I think the unknown of, of him not going or not knowing where he's going is a little scary, but you feel you kind of figure somebody with that caliber of talent and everything is gonna go somewhere good. Um unless you're Malachi Nelson. So I, I think that it, you know, he should be just fine. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah. moving on to the 102 very quickly here. Andy, you are on the clock. All right. Well, I'm not going to take Luther Burden, who you were, you know, kind of thinking about here at 101. I'm going to shift to running back and take Quinshawn Judkins based on the Ooh. Uh, based on the news that he's now going to be running for the Ohio State University. Um and a team that we are projecting to lose Egbeka Buka and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Travion Henderson, assuming now that Quinshawn Judkins is there, you got to read the tea leaves and think that he's not going to stick around either. And this team now has Will Howard at quarterback. Uh, their wide receivers are going to be Carnell Tate and who knows. Uh, so I think this, this wide, this offense is going to have to run through Judkins primarily. Uh, and, you know, he's been great at Ole Miss. Obviously, he had that phenomenal freshman season. He took a step back this year, but he did pick it up towards the second half. Granted, it wasn't quite what we quite on par of what we saw in his freshman year, but we're not going to ignore that freshman year. So give me Quinshawn Judkins with the 102. Fantastic pick. A little surprised, but I think it's a good pick. I I was all in on Judkins going into the season last year or this you know, this past offseason. And I'm less in on Judkins now, which I was kind of surprised by. So I, I don't love the pick. I'm not going to lie. I, I love that he's switching to Ohio State. I don't love that it's a new offense. You know, they obviously don't have MHJ now. Um, I'm sure they're going to be fine. They're Ohio State. They'll, they'll probably still be, you know, just fine. But I don't know. I didn't see a lot. And I'm starting to hear that he has like attitude problems and stuff and that he was a problem in the locker room. And, and I didn't really know that before. So I'm kind of starting to be all out on Quinchud. Yeah, I think, yeah, Jenkins, it's interesting. You know, I, I wonder if, if Dan Mullen somehow goes to Ohio State, which I've heard some some rumors of that. Uh, that could not be good news for Quinshawn because our boy does not love his running backs. But, um, you know, Quinshawn to me is like a guy that he does a lot of things really good, but I don't know what he does elite. I mean, obviously you can break tackles, but um, I'm not sure. Not sure what his ceiling is as far as an NFL prospect, uh, but I can't hit on the pick. I mean, it's Quinshawn Jenkins, so he's good. And Andy, uh, close this out on Quinshawn. I wish that um, he would, like you guys said, um, you know, he, he – like, like a lot of people that we're going to be drafting, they have all got a little bit of shortcomings here. Um, you know, I, I hope that you maybe, maybe a change in scenery improves his, uh, you know, route running ability as a, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, because we know that he can run the ball quite, quite well. Um, and I'd also like to see more of those, uh, big time runs that we saw when he was a freshman. But, uh, I think, I think just the move to Ohio state is going to be good for him. All right, Josh, you are on the clock for your first pick. Yeah, I don't think I am going to bypass Luther Burden. I think I'm going to take Luther Burden with this pick. Um, I do, you know, I think we've got a couple of years of that on him now. I love, you know, this last year, he, he had, what it was like, I think it's 
3.4 yards per route run on like an A dot of like eight yards. So he's just yards at the catchability is just incredible. I mean, I think you, I do worry a little bit about like, what does that look for like for him in the NFL? Um, but I just think, you know, it's an easy, lazy comp probably, but ah, like he just reminds me so much of Debo Samuel, but I just think he's, I think he's even more dynamic than Debo to be quite honest. But, uh, but yeah, Luther Burden, that's who I'm going to go with uh, for now as I feel you guys out, who you guys like. So <laughs> I, I can't hate on the pick. Uh, I was very much considering uh, going with him at 101 just because I think that he's probably the safest pick right now. And I think that also speaks to just how the 2024 Debbie class looks right now. Mm-hmm. Not super exciting. It's mainly because there's not any quarterbacks, especially at the tippy top that we're getting really, really pumped about, but I can't hate on him at 103. Yeah. I mean, you guys know my feelings on Luther Burden. Uh, <laughs> I've not I always been the... bumping there. I, I, you were like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I get well, my guy. Okay. So yeah, I, I think that there's one clear cut wide receiver in this class or, you know, in Debbie right now, that is just proven that he is a stud and you know beyond all doubt i don't think there's any others that have done that beyond all doubt you know like luther burden put up a spectacular season when he was playing absolutely no one and then towards the end of the year when they actually were going up against some decent defenses all of a sudden he you know he he, he was getting outdone by the wide receiver two on the team and and other players he had like 15 yards and a touchdown against ohio state you know like the not the 200 yard three touchdown games that he was putting up and every player does that when they play better defenses but i saw like a pretty big drop and so you already know i don't love luther i'm always gonna have something against him but i also think the clear and obvious choice here is tet mcmillan he has proven so much uh i don't think he got any credit his freshman season but then his sophomore season, he just, he became the guy, the, the one. And honestly, like we're going to say it over and over again tonight, but I feel like the Debbie landscape is just hideous right now. And I feel like he's one of the true bright points in Debbie to where like, once again, you can say, I truly believe in this player. He has, you know, 18 yards per reception showing his athleticism. He has 2.67 yards per team pass attempt, a 35% market share. Like the dude's just a stud Um, as you know, going into his junior season, there's absolutely nothing that you can. And the thing is I discount in my model. I discount pack 12 players. I don't like pack 12 players. Obviously the pack 12 is going away and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we're talking about the past here. I discount Pac-12 players, and yet he's still at the top for me. So that just shows you how far and above he is playing above everyone else that he's still showing out that much. So just to confirm, that is your 104. That just is my one. Right no, now. actually, I'm I'm gonna go. No, <laughs> and John, John, this is where I'm like trying to fill you guys out because the truth be told, T Mac is my wide receiver one in Debbie right now, and so Ooh. I was hoping that maybe he would fall. And I could get them, you know, coming back around, but no can do with you guys. I'm just going to pick my guys because I'm with you on (laughs) T-Mac. I mean, the rumors in the offseason were that, what, he gained 20 pounds. He was running, hitting 22 miles on the on the GPS. And I think you saw that. I think you saw those things translate to the field. And he's got the benefit of playing with his high school quarterback and Noah Fafita. And um, I mean, I think but I mean, he's clearly super talented. 
I think he has the most outs of any of these wide receivers too, right? Like he's got little T Higgins to him. He can, he can, he's a red zone threat, but he's also showed some deep threat in this last, last year. So I love that pick, man. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Yeah. I think he's versatile. He, like he's just, yep. he's going to be yep. an early NFL draft pick. <laughs> That's just not what he's going to be. <laughs> and, right. and people, the, the NFL falls in love with guys like, like him with his profile. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to the 105. John, you're hitting it again. Oh, yeah. I forgot this is a snake. All right. Well, like I said, it's a terrible Debbie landscape. I'm out. Like, I got nobody else. <laughs> I, just, I, I got Tet. I'm walking away. I'm still winning that poll. <laughs> like, um, man, I'll tell you what. Like, it really does get tough. There's some there's some big name running backs. I'm not going to go through all of, cause I'm not trying to ruin picks or anything like that. But you know, there's some names that were at the top last year going into the off season that kind of fell off. And you know, obviously there's the QBs, man. I don't, obviously we're assuming whenever we're drafting, we're drafting super flex, right? Correct. Of course. Okay. Okay. Just making sure. Um, I, I really don't want to draft a QB. <laughs> I don't want to, don't make me, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to do it. I don't even think that I don't even think you guys are going to take this pick. I just want to do it because I want to put my stamp once again on this player and I think he's coming back. He's he's in this draft for this purpose. But uh Jackson Dart, he has proven who he who he is as a player and you know, like I kind of like <laughs> jokingly became a fan last offseason and then throughout the season he just proved to actually be pretty good and while it's not super sexy or anything like that and I don't think he's actually amazing, I do think that he is as of right now the QB1 in the the class. And that's not saying much because there's not that many good QBs in the class. Um but somebody's got to be the QB1 and so being that it's super flex, I'm going to go ahead and take Dart here. A little surprised he's the very first quarterback off the board, I got to say. <laughs> I, I, I mean, don't blame you, but, you know, I think that, yeah, like I said, I'm putting my stamp on Yeah, I mean, we talked about it towards the end of the year. Like, he's going to come back, and he's going to be the, uh, the QB1 because there's nothing else there. I mean, I'm not, like you said, I'm not going to run through all the QBs that are coming back because we don't want to ruin the picks for later, but... You know, as far as the guys coming back, I don't think you can safely say that any of them are going to be better than Jackson Dart. So why can't why shouldn't you say Jackson Dart's the QB one? He's the he had statistically probably the best season, um, except for maybe one or maybe one guy had a better statistical season, but that's arguable as well. Um, so and he's he's you know he's still playing in the SEC. He's gonna uh, Ole Miss is always always gonna be a competitive offense. So. Uh, I, yeah, I like the pick. I think he, I think he could be the QB one, at least until Lane Kiffin leaves for Alabama. So, Josh, you are back on the board here. One oh six. <laughs> who you got? Oh man! All right, I'll stay away from making a comment on that. I, you know, I, you know, I'm going to go with a guy that was going in the first round last year, and I think he, you know, I think he struggled a little bit this year. But Nicholas Singleton, Nick Singleton, I'm going to take him here, and you know, I just think. I think if you look at the running back landscape right now, like there's a lot of like everybody's got a question mark, right? And Nick Singleton has an elite trait, his speed and his size combo that like you just can't teach. And you know, I'm kind of like banking on him, kind of learning <laughs> how to actually be a running back. Uh, because I don't think he's very he, he reminds me of Saquon in that way. He's not very natural as a running back, but he's got some athleticism. 
And um, I do like that he caught 26 balls this last year. That was a, a part to his game that I wanted to see him grow in. And I think we did see that. And so, um, yeah, I'll go with Nick Singleton. Solid. I like that though. one. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I was really curious who the second running back off the board was going to be. I, I thought it was going to be Singleton. Part of me thought that ETM might make a surprise appearance. Just mm-hmm. didn't know how you all were going to play it out there. But yeah, you said it perfectly. Size, speed, somebody's going to fall in love with him. So I'd like to see a little bit more on the field this next season, though. Uh, yep. Yeah. Right. Man, this is tough. This like <laughs> You got to uh, do it, Andy. I know, I know, I know, I know. And remember, I, I, you yeah. guys were talking about four rounds at one point. Like, think about that right now. <laughs> we're, we're through one. You know, the, we're not the, even through one. Like, the thing is, is like, I like so many of these guys, but like, yeah. I can't definitively say that one of them is better than the other one. So, uh, yeah, I think Singleton was a good pick because I, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. that's who I was kind of going back and forth between. And I, I probably should have gone with I the was, running was, back, but if, uh, if he. If he didn't take Singleton there, I would have because he has gotten better as a receiver. I know the running yep. stats weren't there this year, but I think that was probably a product of the offense more than it was him. And he's an yep. athletic freak. Um, oh, I, I want to. I feel like we need to just start taking our guys here, right? <laughs> like, um, I'm going to take did. a wide. I'm going to take a <laughs> wide receiver, and I'm between two guys. I'm going to go with Zachariah Branch, uh, USC, and this might be a little early for him, but. Um, I think that there's going to be some turnover there at the USC. It's still Lincoln Riley offense. As far as we know, I don't think he's stepping down yet. Um, but, you know, we, we we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Maybe it's Miller Moss. He looked pretty darn good in that bowl game. Um, the, Taj Washington, he's got a, he's ripped through like eight years of eligibility, so he's got to be gone. Uh, so that leaves Zachariah Branch, who we saw make some dynamic plays as a returner. Uh, and as a wide receiver in the beginning of the year, um, he was a very highly rated freshman, uh, coming out. So I think he's going to take that giant leap forward as at year two. And, uh, he might end up being, you know, a, a smash first round draft pick next season, but I'm going to take him at the back end of the first round here or in the middle. Miller actually. Moss fan. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? He was a five-star too, wasn't he? Some people had him. So <laughs> Dang. Jackson, he scared Jackson Dart out of town. <laughs> oh, with the quote of the show. All right. Clip it. Oh, I, don't even, I don't even have a response for the first time. I'm speechless. Wow. All right. So I, I see what y'all mean. I think it's a good point to once again bring up just how weird this class is there's not any i don't think there's any like extremely clear-cut tiers i think that probably after the first four we got who all of us thought was collectively the best players we're like all right here's the four that i don't think that there's really anyone who's going to argue with you about somebody else sneaking into that top four with uh just a quick recap here uh evan stewart quinchon judkins luther burden uh mcmillan jackson dart nicholas singleton and zachariah branch uh but yeah it, it really is now just who's your guy and i'm i'm going to do something that i feel like is a little gross uh, and it might be the other person that Andy was thinking about doing. I'm not. I'm not doing who you thought I was about to do, Andy. Ah. But at 108, I'm going to go with Carnell Tate, 
uh, wide receiver from USC. I was a little bit higher on Brandon Enos uh, coming into Ohio State this Ohio season. State. Yeah, you said oh, USC. Did say? Oh, did I say USC? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was looking at Zachary Branch. Thank you. On the brain. Uh, yeah, it's just on the brain. But uh, yeah, I really liked what we saw from him out of his first year in an extremely crowded Ohio State wide receiver room. Will Howard, I don't think that he's anything super special in terms of being a quarterback who can elevate the wide receivers, but I don't think he's going to hurt the wide receiver play there. And I think just he, his prototype of this like long strider who's going to go down, get you chunk plays, and just tall, get you 50-50 balls, I think it's hard to turn away from. And I feel really good about having both Evan Stewart and now Carnell Tate on my team. If that's how we're doing it, like I'm feeling really good about that one, two combo and knowing that there's still quite a few running backs who I like on the board and thinking about attacking that a little bit later on, because at one Oh nine, now I'm going to do what I wanted to do. And I'm going to draft Nico Eon Malieva. And I am so pumped that I actually get to do this because I've been doing it in every single draft that I have done so far in terms of Debbie, I just scoop him up somewhere and I don't really know how you all are going to view the quarterbacks going forward. And it's going to be a lot of picks before I get a pick again. He is my number one quarterback. It's only partially because I'm a homer, but he has shown fantastic traits. Some of the throws that he made during the Citrus Bowl, just they get you really, really excited. Like those aren't just your standard college quarterback plays. Those are NFL type throws, really pumped, dual threat, should have a good rushing floor. And I'm really excited I got to get him, and it's with my third pick technically, so it makes me feel even better. Nico Iamalieva. Uh, quick, quick comments on that. I mean, you know, any QB that throws for six point nine intended air yards is has got to be a stud, you know. <laughs> against Iowa, against Iowa, <laughs> it was against Iowa. <laughs> That's true. He looked, yeah. Hey, he looked pretty good against Iowa. If you look at like what Iowa did to other quarterbacks. Um, you know, he still had almost eight yards of attempt, didn't throw any interceptions. So I, I agree that Citrus Bowl, he did look pretty solid. I, I was I got a little pumped about him, too. I, I know he's just like a giant stick figure right now. But, you know, if he can pack on 20 pounds, um, I don't hate the pick at all. And he is right now the highest ranked quarterback that isn't a part of the 2024 draft class on the fantasy points Debbie rankings, which you all should definitely go sign up, be a member of fantasy points. Gotta be a company man, man. I see it on your hat. It reminded me. And that makes me feel a little bit better taking Nico over someone like Quinn Ewers, who hasn't declared yet, is still available in this draft, or even Drew Aller, who we can talk about him if somebody ends up picking him. But I I feel pretty comfortable with that upside. Now, in your your all's typical Devi drafts. When do you start seeing quarterbacks who really haven't played many snaps at the college level start to go off the board? Like, is this early to you all? 101. If you've been involved with Debbie drafts over the past couple of years, then it's just quarterback, 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 and then like whatever proven like wide receivers or running backs that are, you know, true studs. 
uh, and then quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And honestly, that's half the reason why I went dart when I did. Because not that I even thought you guys were going to take dart, but I figured there were like two or three quarterbacks were going to go between the time that I picked and the time that it got back to me. And I wanted to put my stamp on dart too. But uh, yeah, I I don't think that it's a bad pick or bad timing. I don't even know. I think we're to the point already where we can't even necessarily say bad pick, bad time to do that or whatever because there's there's no way to be certain on it hardly any of these players and we're just to that point where you have to say hey this guy has the starting job like he you know guaranteed the starting job he has some good players in place and, and everything you know a good offensive system so there's there's nothing to truly hate and you know i was joking around about the intended air yards it's one game it's against one of the best defenses in the league you know but we have fun here yeah of course we have fun uh andy 110 all right um uh, there was a couple ways I was going to go here. I was thinking QB, but I think that whatever QB that I was going to pick will probably still be there when it comes back to me. So I'm going to take a guy that I think won't make it back to me. And that is one that we've mentioned earlier in the draft. And that is former Florida running back, future Georgia Bulldog, Trevor ETN. Uh, and I know that's just ruins John's whole night, which makes this pick even sweeter. Yeah, um, that's just wrong, man. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know what? He had another solid year. Um, he didn't lead the team in rushing, but he was definitely the best on the team in rushing. If you ask, if if you ask me, uh, he did lead the team in touchdowns. Um, he's got the size. You know, he's a big, big fella, and uh, and you know, he's got the breakaway yards. He's got the the big time run rate. Um, he's catching the ball. Twenty one receptions over one yard per route run. He's going to be at Georgia, which is like the, the historical RBU. I know that hasn't been the case the last few years because of some injuries and Kendall Milton being an absolute massive disappointment. Um, but Trevor Etienne's going to bring it back. He's going to bring G Georgia back to RBU and uh, he'll be a solid pick. So I'm taking him here at what are we at? 109, 110? 110. 110. He was this close, this close to being my pick at 110 <laughs> or at 109. So I think I think it's a really good pick. I'm comfortable with him being the RB2 right now in this class, as we currently have it. Or sorry, RB3. Forgot about Singleton for a second, but very, very okay with him being RB3. Sweet. Yeah, I love the ETM pick, man. Like that, you know, can't can't fault you on that one. I think it's gonna be fun to watch him behind that Georgia line and that offense and uh yeah it'd be fun to get to see him get a better opportunity than he had at florida no, no shade at florida but i like oh, throw the shade man throw the shade <laughs> yeah they're terrible I, i'm a gator fan and they're absolutely terrible it's okay <laughs> terrible coaching right, terrible players it, it doesn't matter i'm glad that he yeah. got out of there honestly it was a it's an amazing transfer for him amazing transfer for georgia like it was just great overall it's a good fit you know can't 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 hit a good fit so all right what's right, 111 yeah, with 111, I'm going to take I'm I'm going to fall on your footsteps, Lucas. I'm gonna, I'm going to be a little homerish here. I'm going to go I'm going to go Arch Manning. And yes, I was hoping that Arch was going to go before Quinn. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> no, there's rumors great. here in Austin that that uh Sark if Quinn comes back is going to open up that that competition and let them fight it out and see what happens. Look, Arch isn't going anywhere, but like the pedigree of Arch you know, all the common arguments people are going to have. I think he showed more mobility than people thought he had in his 
little time with Texas Tech that he played against them. And um, I just think, man, like he's going to have, again, he's got the pedigree. He's going to sit. He's going to learn. And I think he's he's got some zip on his ball. I like what I saw in some limited sample size. And I think, you know, his his family knows what they're doing. And, uh, and I trust Sark, too, to have kind of his eye on both developing and identifying talent. So I'm going to go with Arch Manning. All right. I honestly, Quinn, like, Quinn can't throw a deep ball, so I can't. I can't. I can't take one. <laughs> I I think that there's going to probably be some startup heavy drafts where Arch goes 101, depending on what the league is that you're getting into. I think that he's very good. Well, end up being in the top half of the first round. Like I said, he could be 101. So I'm I'm fine with this pick at 111. And I'm surprised that Quinn Ewers wasn't picked before Arch just a little bit, uh, but I I don't have any issues with it. I was just a year early. I said Arch was taking over week four. I just was a year early. I, I was I, I I when I looked into the crystal ball, I just I saw two. Th- I I thought I saw a three, saw a four, you know, and I just missed it. So, are you saying that you're fifty percent correct on this one then, or are you at the seventy five level that you gave Andy earlier? Well, remember, remember, you know. So I w- I'm a hundred percent correct in 2024. That was a 2023 take, mm. and so you know, you're doing a little quick calculus. Ninety eight percent right in in 23, hundred percent right in 24 so far. So I love it. That checks. That checks out. The math works. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Y'all got to teach me this math. All right, uh, John, you are on the clock here. You have two picks, 112 and then 201. So it's actually kind of clearing up for me a little bit. You know, like I'm starting to see some players that I, that I actually like again. Um, and I think I was, I, I just got like, I don't know. I, I got like nervous looking at all of these names and, and kind of like you said, it's just like one big tier, but now I'm starting to like focus on the players that are actually standing out. And I think I'm going to go with, cause I'm trying to think I got two picks here. So I'm going to play a little bit of the game. I'm going to go with CJ Baxter and uh you know texas running back obviously taking over for jonathan brooks jonathan brooks is going to the nfl uh i obviously there's Jaden blue is there but i i really feel like he's more of the like change of pace back and all that more than anything else mm-hmm. i really think that cedric baxter is going to be the guy when it's all said and done i know a lot of people in the debbie space have cedric as the running back one in debbie i i'm not quite there yet i was like i have i have uh him in three of my Debbie or C2C leagues. I drafted all of the CJ Baxter. <laughs> like I, I wanted everything to do with them. And I'm actually a little disappointed with what he did this past season, you know, but he was injured a lot. And so I feel like we can kind of, you know, talk it away and, and, uh, and make excuses for it. And so I'm going to give him another chance. Obviously he's going to have the opportunity. He's going to be there. I don't think it's one of those things, you know, like at Bama or Georgia in, in previous years where you go, I think it's this guy, but it could be 18 other players. I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Baxter. Like I said, Jaden blues, probably not going anywhere unless he transfers, but I think I really look at him or view him more as like a change of pace back or anything like that. Uh, than like someone that's going to truly steal from him. Yeah. And I, you know, John, like he started off the year as the RB1, right? Like he was over Jonathan Brooks. They looked at him as a true freshman in camp and said, hey, this guy's this guy's better than Jonathan Brooks. And I didn't turn out that way. He got injured, as you talked about, against Bama. 
Um, but this is a kid that's got a lot of talent. I, you know, I will be a little bit scared if he doesn't take over that backfield pretty quickly in 2024. I mean, that's where you got some concerns on the Knicks and, and things like that. But, um, but I think as far as pedi- you know, again, pedigree, he's got all the talent in the world. If he puts it together and Stark, he rides his RB ones right year after year. We've, we've seen that um, throughout his time at, at, at Bama, at Washington, back in the day at USC and then at Texas now too. So I really like that. He'll have all the opportunity to show that he's, he's got all the goods. I'm going to jump in here and just say that I do not like the pick. Um, I think that what we saw from once Jonathan Brooks went down, first of all, not to toot our own horn, but John and I did have Jonathan Brooks as the RB one at Texas prior to the season uh, when nobody else did. But um I think, you know, reading the tea leaves after 98% Jonathan- accurate last year. 98%. Yeah. 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 Not, not even Sark had that though. So good job. <laughs> right. We figured it out before he did. But uh, Jonathan Brooks, uh, when Jonathan Brooks went down, it was Jadon Blue, I think, who was the better running back than uh, CJ Baxter. Now, part of that may have been the lingering injury issue, but uh, Jadon Blue is a better pass catcher. Uh, he had more breakaway yards. Uh, he had a better big time run rate. Granted, it with uh, you know about half the carries, and it's kind of the same situation that we were talking about with Jonathan Brooks last year. It's like, yeah, he only had you know what like thirty carries the year before, and then and then he came out and just had the year that he had. I, I don't know. I'm not confident in C.J. Baxter right now. Now I'm not saying that it's 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 gonna not come to fruition because he's obviously the best running back recruit in all the country a year ago, but I'm a little bit worried that, you know, we're dealing with some sort of committee next year. Um, and maybe CJ Baxter's on the back end as the change of pace guy rather than, uh, rather than Jadon blue, but we'll see. I'm just that I have my concerns and I'm putting them out there into the universe so we can check the receipts later. It's definitely a possibility. I mean, like there's nothing guaranteed at this point. I think that he's going to be the lead back and everything. Uh, you know, we have a good track record with calling the number one running back at Texas now. So we're going to go ahead and do it again, baby. All right. And just a very quick recap, because we are at the end of the first round of 101, Evan Stewart, 102, Quinshawn Judkins, Luther Burden, McMillan from Arizona, Jackson Dart, Nicholas Singleton, Zachariah Branch, Carnell Tate, Nico Iamalieva, Trevor Etienne, Arch Manning, and Cedric Baxter Jr. to round out the first round. John, you have the first pick of the second round. Who are you taking at 201? All right, so this one is tough because I have a long wait again. and But I think I'm going to let you guys decide my next player in this tier. So I'm going to go back to the, the QB well, and I'm going to take Connor Wegman. I think that he is, whereas Dart is the most proven QB in the class, I think that Wegman is probably the most exciting QB in the class. And so uh, while he's not as proven and obviously coming off the injury and everything like that, I think, you know, if you're talking about that draft class as far as you know th- that recruit class, there's no one that even comes remotely close to Connor Wegman. And so... Give me that, obviously, you know, SEC player, uh, you know, like once again, looked great when he was playing. Maybe not great, but, you know, for for a freshman, he looked pretty good. <laughs> and uh, and and then, or I guess sophomore, I'm sorry. As a sophomore, he looked pretty good. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to take Wegman and hope that 
all three of the players that I'm looking at in this other tier uh, do not get taken. <laughs> I'm just surprised that that that's all it is. I I was not expecting Connor Wegman to be the 201. Uh, I don't really have much else to say, but just surprised. Well, we we talked about after you know Aller's struggles and. You know, if you can call it that, he was more just like unimpressive than struggled. Um, and uh, the guy who at Clemson, whose name is escaping me because he's so Club forgetful. Club is terrible. Club Club. Yeah, and uh, like a few of those other guys from that freshman class where it was just like nobody really stood out. And Wigman had, when he played, granted he played against like a couple of cupcakes in the beginning of the year before he got hurt. And, you know, he looked decent as a, as a true freshman too. That we were just sort of like, well, there's nobody else from that class, so it's got to be Wigman because there's literally there was no one else. So, um, and if it's not him, then who who's it going to be? So, yeah, I mean, I don't mind it in the second round. I mean, he's got the tools that the NFL wants, right? He's got the athleticism. He's got a good arm. You know, he's a multi-sport athlete. So, you know, I, I, I like it and I, <clears throat> I like him and Colin Klein's system too. I think he's going to thrive in that system. And um, so, yeah, I don't mind the pick at all. I mean, he's a guy that came out again with all the tools and that's what the NFL is doing these days. They're just looking at tools and, <laughs> and taking risks on these guys. I mean, a lot of these guys can't read a defense, but they get together with a good offensive coordinator, Jalen Hurts. And um, as long as people aren't figuring them out yet, I mean, they have a lot of success. And I think Wegman's skills translate to what people are looking for in the NFL. So you can't fault you for that at all. All right. And Josh, I'm up. back on the clock. All right. I'm going to go. Look, I love potential. <laughs> so I'm going to keep on the potential train. And I'm going to go with another uh, upcoming sophomore. And I'm going to go with Justice Haynes uh, from Alabama. So he's was my RB1 in that class. Um, right in front of our boy CJ Baxter. But man, I lo again, love his pedigree, right? His dad was an NFL running back, played for Georgia and in college. Um, I mean, that guy, he's just twitched up. He's, you know, got a good build, good frame. Loved what I saw from him in the, you know, went to all American bowl here in San Antonio and he was playing. Loved what I saw from him there. Loved what I saw with him, honestly, against Michigan. I feel like if they would have ran him more in that game, like, honestly, they probably would have had even more success because I thought when he had the ball, um, he looked just different than the rest of the running backs. And so um, I'm going to trust my eye and my evaluation and, and the things that I've seen, even what he's done on the field. And um, I feel like if he didn't get hurt um, in the offseason and early in the season, he would have probably had more run even later in the year. So just as Haynes is my pick. All right, yeah, I, go ahead. Uh, I, I do like the pick. Um, I think he, he only had 25 carries on the year. And in those 25 carries, he looked pretty electric. Uh, I think he was probably the best, you know, runner on that team. Um, the other guy who kind of, he, we're assuming Jace McClellan's going to go pro or. He, he went pro. Yeah. Okay. Right. Today. Okay, so, oh, he did. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few things that, uh, do concern me with Justice Haynes, which is is fine because we're we're in the second round at this point. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't he didn't have one catch. But again, 
it was on a it was on a low low volume and he was hurt early on in the year and jam miller started to look like a pretty good receiver out of the backfield towards the end of the year as well um and now we got with nick saban gone we don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. um with that offense and those players you know are they going to transfer out or are they going to just stay with whoever the new coach is going to be um but i i like like uh, josh said justice haynes looked phenomenal coming out uh as a true as a freshman from that from that class like depending on who you asked i think it was justice haynes or cj baxter so he's going to be at alabama so we already know they're going to have you know five-star offensive linemen blocking for him um so I like the pick. Uh, I think, you know, at, at this point in the draft, um, you're either taking guys that are going to have elite upside like Haynes or guys probably like the guys that I'm going to take who are like <laughs> certified fourth round draft picks when it comes to the NFL. But <laughs> <laughs> love it. But, uh, you know, that's that's what's fun about Debbie drafts is like, you know, you can take those guys that are like super college, you know, super college players at these mid mid-level programs or, you know, you got to shoot for the stars sometimes. And I think Justice Haynes, you know, is definitely this. There is no limit for for his potential. All right. Two oh three. Who you got, Andy? So in the fourth round of the 2025 NFL draft, this player is about to go. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I've taken a QB yet, so I feel like I pressure to take one. Um, there's really only two that I would consider here. Um, so I'm going to go a little off script here and take another running back <laughs> because they're the only ones that I feel confident in at this point. And bearing the lead. Let's go, Andy. (laughs) Why not not take uh, the guy who led the country in rushing in Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State? Okay, okay. Guy who just won every CFF league known to man with his 300 yard performances week after week. I got to assume there's some talent there. Uh, So I'm going to take him here. You know, we're getting towards the middle of the second round. So give me Ollie Gordon. Oklahoma State. You know, because you said that you were feeling pressure to take a quarterback, I already wrote in Ollie Gordon as my pick here where I'm recording these picks. <laughs> so thank you for that, uh, you jerk. I, obviously, I wow. like the pick. Uh, he is kind of in this tier of running backs that I have like valued similarly. I am most excited about him. I feel like he's the most sure thing out of them. Uh, but yeah, I... I like the pick. I was really curious where he was going to go in terms of the running backs. Uh, once again, referencing fantasy points, he is currently ranked as the RB 18. This is before the 2024 draft class is taken out of their rankings. So he's a little bit lower than I was expecting there. Uh, DLF has him uh, quite a bit higher as their RB six, the number 23 player overall uh, right now in Devi. So, I was really curious to see where he was going to go. I I like it though, you jerk. <laughs> uh, I said that I said I had a tier of three players. There's now one player left. So we'll we'll see if it gets back to me. Oh goodness. All right. So at 204, 
I have a couple options on the table. I have not taken a running back yet, and I thought for sure that Justin Haynes or Ollie Gordon one would fall back to me. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, and, you know, it just it happens. So I'm going to pivot a little bit, and I'm going to go with Omarion Hampton out of North Carolina as the, my first running back on my team. Like what he did, uh, shows really good speed. He was a bell cow whenever they needed him to be. And he really separated himself, especially going into the season and what was a kind of a, like a clouded room. There wasn't anyone who really established themselves. And he definitely more than did that have fantastic year. So I am, I'm really happy with him uh, being my RB one. Would have loved to have double tapped RB here and do Ollie Gordon, uh, Marion Hampton, but wasn't in the cards. Yeah, uh, I, I like. Go ahead, Josh. No, I was just gonna say I, I really like the pick, man. Um, Amari Hampton's a guy that I was huge on coming in as a true freshman. A little worried when he kept running into the back of his lineman the first year, uh, <laughs> and uh, but it was fun to see him right, like growing confidence. And I think his growing confidence, his vision also came about, and um, so I, th- I thought he showed a lot of improvement from year one to year two, and um, and it, it's you know a guy that's two twenty running a ten nine hundred meter. I mean, those are good traits to have. So, you know, love it. Yeah, right. Too. Uh, he really took a big step forward. I can't. They had another true freshman on the, or they would have been true Ooh. sophomores this year. Uh, George Petaway. Petaway, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. I, I was on Team Petaway their freshman year because I was like, oh man, he's a better receiver out of the backfield. And now Petaway's like just disappeared at JMU. James Madison. Yep, he transferred out. So. Um, yeah, I think Omari Hampton really solidified his role there. And, uh, you know, now with Drake Magon, I think his role expands a little bit. So, yeah, I like the pick. All right. And I do think I am going to double tap running back here, although there, I don't see one who really stands out to me. So I'm trying to think who is left on John's board that he really really want uh there's there's one player who i think he really wants but i think it's a little early so i'm not going to quite go down that route and i'm looking here just i'm really bummed because none of them are really standing out to me uh so i'm going to go with a little bit older person and correct me if i'm wrong here i don't think he has declared for the draft but Devin Neal out of kansas correct he is still in college this year right yeah Yeah, awesome there we go he's staying All right. That makes me feel better. Uh, See, I do pay attention to things, guys. Uh, So he is going to be my next pick. Uh, Just once again, solid. I think also in a draft where I've kind of taken on more risk than I was initially expecting to. uh, I'm 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 pretty happy with taking a little bit of surety might have capped upside, but I'm I'm fine with that here in the mid second round. Devin Neal, 205. Love it. Yeah, I think that guy's he's a guy he's gonna be a good pro. Like how good he's gonna be, like I really don't know, but he does everything like really well. He's in that two ten range. Um yeah, I really like I really like Devin Neal a lot. He's intriguing to me. Good yeah, player. I was really I was really upset that he didn't declare, especially in this watered down running back class. Like I think he could have been, you know, if, as we're standing right now, like Braylon Allen's out and you know Jonathan Brooks with uh, ACL, and I can't remember who else is Bucky Irving declared. I think he has. Yeah. So you know, you know, like the, the, there's not much beyond that. So 
Um, I think he could have stood out a little bit in this draft, whereas next year he might be facing a little bit more competition. Um, but I do like the pick. I think, uh, you know, he's probably the most accomplished running back that's going to be returning to college football next year. Exactly why I picked him. Make me feel better about myself. Andy, you're up at 206. And I need right. to see the reaction from John. I know. I'm going to snipe him. Player. Pick the player. I know, I know who he's going to pick. It's a running back from the Pac-12. I just oh. don't know which one it is. Okay, I know who it is now. Wait, the I'm, old Pac-12? The, the, the old Pac-12. What okay. was Not the, the Pac-12? Pac-12. <laughs> Not the Pac-2. Uh, we we got to practice. It's coming. It's 2024. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of three guys. I don't know which one it is, though. So I'm going to pick the one that I like the most, and that is we just talked about Bucky Irvin going pro, so I'm going to take the guy who stood out behind him, and that's Jordan James. Loading up my RB room, by the way. I think I've got like 10 of them by now. Um, who... What if you're looking at PFF grades, he was a better runner than uh Bucky Irving, who I thought played fantastic last year. Um, similar receiver, granted, he didn't have 54 receptions like Bucky Irving. I think he he did, uh, you know, he was as efficient with his routes as Bucky Irving was, and he still managed to get uh, 800, almost 800 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. And now he doesn't have to worry about Bucky Irving. We don't know what's going to happen with Dan Lanning, everyone thinks that he's going to go to Alabama. Um, which is certainly a possibility, but uh, I, I, I still think Oregon's going to be, and maybe maybe he goes to Alabama with him. I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but but I, I like Jordan James. He was a you know a solid four star coming out as a as a freshman, and played really well last year uh, behind who I think Bucky Irving is you know going to be a pretty decent pro. So I'll take Jordan James here and. Judging by John's reaction, I didn't take his guy, which is probably the most upsetting thing about that pick. Mm. All right, here we go. You got one more one more chance, Josh. Two oh seven, the wild card. I am not going to take a Pac twelve running back, so that's what you want, John. Is Christmas for you, my friend? I am going to take a guy that I am like uber excited about, and I've been a little concerned that. You guys are going to pick him, but I'm also probably just an idiot. So um, I'm going to go Ashton Genty from Boise State. And I just think, you know, again, G5 running back. So if you're a G5 running back, you got to do some elite things. And the numbers that he's put up, um, some PFF numbers that are out there on him, right, with any running back that's had at least 150 carries, he's leading everyone in yards per contact after attempt at 4.52. And then um, his elusive rating is like 183, which is also tops. His yards per route run are 3.09. The second closest running back is 1.64, you know, among those running backs that had at least 150 carries. I mean, so this guy, I was was sad that he didn't transfer out because I would love to have seen him at a power five school, but he's 210 pounds. I mean, so he's not a small guy either, although he's not huge, but like, a guy with those type of traits, the NFL is gonna gonna love that. And I don't know. I mean, he's. I, I, I'm hoping he'll get day two capital, but he's just intriguing to me. He's gonna be a top five Debbie running back for me in this next year. And so, just wanted to kind of plant my flag a little bit and talk about him. And I have no idea how that's gonna be received. So here we go. <laughs> uh, he he was on my list um, for guys that I was gonna be taking here shortly. So. 
Um, I don't hate the pick at all. Like what he did from like a college fantasy standpoint, which, you know, like a guy like me who plays C2C, like that, that's what we look for and what we love. It was unmatched. Like he, he was a league winner. It sucked that he got hurt towards the end of the year, but when he played like you knew he was going to score a touchdown, you knew he was going to catch a ton of passes and run for a ton of yards. So yes, it's, it's Boise state, but um, you know, it's it's not unheard of to see day two G5 running backs. In fact, I think it happens just about every year. And Ashton Genty is clearly the best G5 running back uh, right now. So I I like the pick, honestly. Man, you are staying true to your board. Uh, the, we have a cheat sheet. I'm going to reference it again. Uh, fantasy points. Uh, <laughs> they have Debbie rankings up there. Uh, lots of excellent college football content. So make sure you're going and checking them out as well as John and what he's doing over at DLF. So make sure you're going checking both of them out. Uh, but yeah, uh, you are staying extremely true to your board and uh seen that one coming a little bit better but that that's all <laughs> right and john your long-awaited return to picking is here who are you going with at 208 it did and i said i had three players two of them were gone one player remains and i'm going to take him but first i do want to say i like the ashton genty pick i didn't have him next but it's really more like i've been i've been tricked in the past with g5 players and so it's so tough for me to rank them um and like with g5 players i basically just say especially with g5 running backs i basically say i will fall in love once they get to the nfl now but i i truly do believe he is a special talent and all that kind of stuff but I've thought that with other players in the past, and then they get seventh round draft capital. They never see the field, yada, yada, yada. So uh, I don't want to get overly excited. I still think it was a good pick, though. Uh, I do think that there's at least one running back that is is kind of being forgotten about here. He's a big boy. You know, I love my big boys. He, you know, he has some bursts and speed, athleticism, all that kind of stuff, even though he is a big boy. Not the greatest, you know, receiving profile, but... I, I, I love Damian Martinez out of Oregon State. I really do think that he, you know, you guys were talking about Pac-12 running backs, and I was like, shit, don't do it. And then, and I, was like, I knew it was, was one of the other one. Guys. It was, I had three guys, and I was like, it's three guys in the Pac-12, and one of them is the one John's talking about. That <laughs> was one of them. I, yep. I really thought it was Jaden Hot. I really thought it was after um, he said Pac-12. I saw John get really nervous. Uh, <laughs> like, I do like God as well, but not as much as Martinez. I think he's proven more. Uh, he, he's got the NFL size. Uh, you know, he has another year to, to do whatever he wants. And, and, you know, he should only get better, I would assume, or, you know, at least do more of the same. And, you know, if he can do what he's doing right now, 8% big time run rate, you know, 31 BMI. Obviously, we love that for yeah. a running back, 110 scrimmage yards per game. Like if he can do that stuff this year, he's going to be an NFL draft pick, uh, you know, like a, a quality NFL draft pick, not a seventh rounder or whatever. And so I think, you know, what are we? We're here at the mid of middle of the second what, what round. Yep, you just did two oh eight. You are about pick two oh nine. Oh two eight. Okay. Yeah. So I mean at the closer to the end of the second, I'm pretty happy with getting Damian Martinez there. And then I feel like we haven't taken any wide receivers recently, and that's probably very telling. Uh, Carnell Tate was the last one at 108. Wow. Yeah, that is very telling. Um, 
I I mean I feel like every basically every wide receiver that's left is some sort of projection, which we've already kind of you know we've started to take some of the picks that are just a projection of like I think this guy's gonna be it and that kind of thing. But you know if we're excited about Arch Manning, if we're excited about Quinn Ewers and and you know Cedric Baxter, Jaden Blue, whatever, we got to be excited about some of those receiving you know receiving players and or the receivers if you will. And so I think we got to go with Jonte Cook here. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to say I had higher hopes for him going into the season, and this is definitely a projection as far as a player, but I think this is a good time to do that at the end of the second here, get a player that's connected to, you know, one quality quarterback and then like a decent NFL backup in Quinn Ewers. You know, I, I think that we, <laughs> I, I think, you know, we're, we're really all hoping that John Tay Cook is going to break out this season. I will say, uh, as a guy who scours the message boards for UT for Texas, sorry, the other UT, my, the fake my UT, my, my, my bad. You're right. I won't. I won't make that mistake again. I apologize. Um, but I will say, like, all the articles are saying that, like, man, they've been prepping Jonte Cook for that wide receiver one role um, from the beginning of the year, and even with Xavier Worthy there, I mean, he wasn't going to take it from him, obviously. Um, but you know. I think Jonte Cook is – I love that pick, man. I think he's definitely going to be that next guy um, in a system that produces uh, top-flight wide receivers. Yeah, um, we gave Lucas some crap earlier in the year when we did a 2024 NFL rookie mock draft when he took Adnai Mitchell in the second round. And then Adnai Mitchell went on to have, like, the greatest second half of his life. I wouldn't um, go that he, far. He, like, he, he, was, as far as, he was as, decent at best. As far as, as, far as AD he actually produced. As far as AD Mitchell is concerned, like he had a great Oh, he tripled his own personal best, but that's not yeah. saying much. <laughs> but so now like he's off to the draft. JT Sanders is off to the draft. Obviously, Xavier Worthy. Yeah, like if you they didn't use John T. Cook hardly at all last year. I think his yards per route run was still over three. Uh, and, you know, he, he wasn't a year one zero. He's still at over 100 yards. Um, so he's going to be the wide receiver one in that in that room. And I think he's going to flourish and do great things. I was going to take John T. Cook on, with my next pick. Um, well, unless unless Josh would have taken him as the Texas guy. I don't know. But uh, I, I was I was ready to pop off on him because I'd, I'd been waiting for a while. I, um, just stacking my running back room. But uh We'll see. And now I feel like there's like nobody at wide receiver for me, unless except for maybe one guy. We'll see. That's why I took him. I was like, man, it's getting rough already. Yeah. Goodness. The elite upside is, is almost gone. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have some players still at the wide receiver that I'm kind of excited about. Uh, I just don't know how to rank them. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, but uh, you are on the clock here, Josh. Two Okay. Man, okay, I am. I'm getting in some uncharted territories here. Okay, look, um, you know, I I'm gonna go with Donovan Edwards. Um, I can pick him right. He's still around. Yeah, <laughs> I love that pick, man. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. hate it here. <laughs> I thought I thought he was gonna be forgotten about. I really did. And here's the deal. I like. That run he had in the national championship game is a classic Donovan Edwards run. He runs into the back 
of his freaking offensive line because he can't read a hole. I'm like, but give this man in like a wide zone offense and just let him let him get to the outside and go. And like that guy's gonna be all right. Let him let him catch some balls out of the backfield. Um, he's gonna be all right. All right, I, he's an elite receiver, and I just think some of his traits the NFL is gonna love, even if he's not like a dominant inside runner, because like he just hasn't shown the ability to do that yet. Um, and maybe he doesn't have that in his in his repertoire. But I think I think the way the NFL is going, if you know, not saying he's Jameer Gibbs by any stretch, but like he can play some type of role in that type of offense where he's going to be, you know, pepper with targets, get some outside zone. Um, if you can find the right scheme, I think, I think he can have a good NFL career. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, and I just based on what we saw in the national championship, it just makes me wonder how much of his, you know, early season struggles were related to the injuries mm-hmm. and he just, you know, popped off first two carries that he had. It seemed like, I don't, it, it felt like that, you know, he just touched the ball and scored a touchdown. And we were, and then Michigan was like, you're like, all right, Michigan won the national championship. The first quarter wasn't even over yet. And it was all done. Yeah. So I said it in our, in our Debbie discord. I was like, I think he just popped his ADP back into the top 50. And I, he definitely did. I mean, we're seeing it right now, obviously. And I think a lot of people are, are going to start, looking at him now that Corum's not going to be there and they there's really nobody else on the depth chart who you're really worried about. And Michigan's obviously going to have a dominant offensive line year after year. So I think, I think Edwards is, is a solid pick. Yeah. I like it a lot. I'll trade you Jonte for Edwards in the first. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I'll take it. Let's go. <laughs> oh, no, I, I really thought, I mean, uh, the, my uh, co-host on the Debbie devotional is a doctor of physical therapy. And, you know, he all season long, he's been talking about how he felt like the, the off season surgery for Donovan really just, you know, hampered him all throughout the season. And I mean, it seems a little too coincidental that all of a sudden he's just healthy in the in the national championship. But at the same time, if if that's what it took, it was you know like him finally getting the rest and everything he needed because they did not use him during the season, the regular season. Um, he, I mean, he showed who he was two years ago or a year ago. You know, like not this year, uh, but mm-hmm. previous years. He was he's always been that player. I mean, I and not to not to say that he should be good because I drafted him early, but I mean, I drafted him early in a C to C league for that reason, because he was a stud every time he touched the ball. No, I mean, yeah, sure. He has vision problems and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. There's no vision. He could be completely blind. And with that athleticism still do better than what he did this season. So I truly believe he was not healthy. Um, Things just weren't right. He's getting back to that. Blake Corum is going to be gone. He is going to be the man. And I mean, obviously, there's probably a lot of changes that are going to happen at Michigan this this uh, you know off season and everything. But I don't think it's going to truly change you know their offensive line, their offensive structure, like that kind of thing. So I think he's going to be just fine. Yep. Fair enough. And Andy, you are back on the clock. All right, I'm going to make a strategic pick here because I don't think Lucas is going to take the guy I actually want. Um, and he already mentioned the guy that. I would also like here. So I'm going to take the third Pac-12 running back that uh, hasn't been taken yet, and that is uh, Jaden Ott from Cal. Uh, Just another super efficient guy. Every time he touches the ball, 
broke out as a freshman, had over a thousand yards last year. You know, I'm just going to follow the numbers. Um, he, he's not a zero in the in the passing game. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's got the size. Um, I'll just take him. You know, I, I think you know we're towards the back end of the second round. Yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a day two guy. More than likely, he'll be like a early day three. But uh, you know, the the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, he's playing on a, a a less than stellar Cal team, unfortunately. But uh, you know, he he runs the ball well, so I'll take him. Yeah, I think that's a feather in his cap is like, think about how terrible Cal was this year and he was still pretty damn good. Um, yep. You know, I, I was even higher on Ott going into the season, not that he did anything wrong this year and maybe it's because of the, the situation and everything, but I actually like Ott. I, I well, they're basically tied, but I have Ott and, and Devin Neal tied. So uh, mm. like, I don't think that they're all that far apart from each other. Obviously I'm fine with either one, but uh, you know, like I'm, I don't know. That's probably like controversial to a lot of people, but I, I really do think that Ott can be, you know, like like uh, Andy said, he could he could be like a third round pick when it's all said and done. And for running backs, that's all we can really ask for right now. Yeah, I think it's super interesting too. Like that UCLA game you near know, the end of the year, right, where he he returned a kick for a touchdown. I mean, that kind of just shows his athleticism and his explosiveness. And um, yeah, I think to do what he did and. I, I don't have the data to back it up right now, but I feel like his freshman year, he caught quite a few balls out of the, like at least 20, 20 balls out of the backfield and, uh, you know, didn't get a really a role to the second half of the season. And so I definitely think he's got some receiving chops. I, I, I like his traits for the NFL and for the next level. I like that pick. All right. I am reaching the point of indecision here because there's so many other players that now like I'm, I'm interested in but i have no idea where to put them and then i have to pick favorites and it's making me sad but that's okay <laughs> so the one that i just see consistently ranked the highest out of the several that i'm interested in i'm going with katron allen running back from penn state As i love it the 212 here i think that just with what's left on the board from running backs, there's there's still a couple out there that you know I'm excited about, but I think that he is a clear tier above. And I have a bunch of wide receivers who are all grouped together. I there's not a tight end I would imagine taking in the top two rounds at all. And I, you know, I think he's looked really good. Uh, some day, some games he does look better than Nick Singleton. I still think Singleton's the better prospect, but Katron Allen will be the last pick of the second round. If you told me that like that Katron Allen was gonna be a better pro than Nick Singleton, like I wouldn't, I'm not surprised by that. Like I think that's totally in the cards for him. Like I love his feet at 230 pounds are incredible. Like I think his fo footwork is awesome. I mean, you saw that back to even the Under Armour All-American game when he played a couple of years ago. Like, and he's just produced too. I think I wish he would have produced a little bit more this year, even though he's like splitting carries, but like, you know, I mean, there's, I know at least at the beginning of the year, he was the starting running back. I mean, the first one to, to go out there. And so I really like Katron Allen. I think he gets undersold too much because he's in the same backfield as, as Nick Singleton and Nick Singleton's a lot more sexy as far as the traits, but I think, and Katron Allen can catch out of the backfield too. I mean, I think he's got he's going to have a lot of things that people are going to love when it comes to when when he ever whenever he declares for the NFL draft. If you could combine Katron Allen 
and Nicholas Singleton, you might have the RB one in all of Dynasty. Like it, no lies told, amazing. right there. Yes, <laughs> that is so like, that's, true. That's the only thing. I mean, I honestly think that Catron Allen is a better running back than Nicholas Singleton. I 100%. don't think I don't think he has the athleticism that he needs to make it in the NFL. And that's what I worry about. Um, maybe he can lose a little bit of weight and, and maybe get a little bit of athleticism at the combine, like show out all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's all that truly matters is just show it off to the teams. Uh, but what he's doing, you know, looking at the numbers and everything, what he's doing in college right now, I like it. And once again, I think he's a quality running back. I just don't know if he has the athleticism that he actually truly needs. Yeah. And I mean, I, like I said, I'm just looking here at the board right now and out of the running backs that are left, he is the one that I feel the most sure about making it as a pro getting drafted, getting put in a position to where he can eventually assume carries in a backfield. I don't know if he'll ever be like a true RB one, but I think he'll definitely be a thorn in someone's side in a committee that people are going to be really upset about, but that's fine. And so to recap the second round real fast, uh, Connor Wegman uh, was the 201, followed by Justice Haynes, Ollie Gordon, stabbing the heart there, Marion Hampton, Devin Neal, Jordan James, Ashton Gentry, Damian Martinez, Jonte Cook, Donovan Edwards, Jaden Ott, and then Katron Allen. So those that's two rounds all the way through. Now we are going to try to rapid fire a third round here. Uh, try and make your comments as minimal as possible. We're going to get through this one really fast, hopefully. And there is a wide receiver on the board. I think he's the only talented player currently on Florida's roster, and that's Eugene Wilson, the second. That is where I'm going with the first pick in the third round. Like that. Yeah, I like it. All right, um, I we'll just keep her moving here. Uh, I, I I also like Eugene Wilson. I think he was probably besides ETN the best part of that offense. But I'm going to go and take the first incoming freshman uh, in this in this draft, and that is going to be incoming Ohio State wide receiver Jeremiah Smith. Uh, uh, I, oh, oh, shenanigans! Oh. I did not know we were doing incoming freshman. <laughs> that was my <laughs> question earlier. <laughs> we I, said I, you I, could. I said current college players only. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. If <laughs> if, right. if that messes up, hey, hold on. Shenanigans, shenanigans. Messy to Andy. Go ahead, man. Nah, that's good. That's good. Okay, because I don't. I'll take the pick back if that messes up the spirit of the draft. But I just I know he would have gone in like the first round. Oh, would he? Oh wow! Yeah, he would have gone so much earlier. Get the hell out of here! Yeah. Draft an actual player. <laughs> really, I did because... not realize he would go that high. See oh, now, yeah. see now, I'm. I don't want to take any wide receivers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... that's why this is this is a lot more fun when you actually have to pick from the players that everyone else was picking from. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were that high on him, but. That's fine. I'm really surprised because whenever we did this exercise last year, we didn't see a freshman wide receiver get drafted until the third round. And so, I mean, I know that uh, he is an incredible prospect, but I know everybody was really high on Carnell and Brandon Enos coming in last year. So I'm, I'm not too surprised that a wide receiver, like, the first freshman came off the board in the third round. I am surprised that your all's reaction is so strong that he would have gone that much earlier. 
Yeah, yeah. I, but, I mean, you're right. Like, his ceiling is way higher than anybody we probably took in the second round, for sure. So, I get it there. All right. I'm going to pick somebody different because I don't want to ruin the whole <laughs> the the spirit of the draft. I'll take a, a, a quarterback here, and I'm going to take a safe pick, a guy who I think is going to, you know, be loved by uh, NFL NFL scouts come next year, and that is damn it. Um, Georgia quarterback Carson Beck. Oh, damn! <laughs> oh, break it hard. Take oh, Jeremiah even Smith. Better. Take yeah, yeah. Take take. <laughs> Sorry, that pick was illegal. Dang. So, all right. But oh, uh, hey. I'll take Carson Beck because I think like he's just going to be a guy that like the New England Patriots of the world are like, hey, that guy's going to be he's going to be a great quarterback for us. Probably won't work out, but he'll still get drafted in like the middle of the first round. So mm-hmm. I'll take uh, Carson Beck. Yeah, I like that one. I think it's the draft capital. Yeah, I like that too. All right, All right. am I up? Yep, you're up. Motoring through okay. this. Ooh, man, that was that was my guy. So now I need to need to consider this. All right, let me. Uh, Jalen McMillan has not. Uh, he did he's not. He's not gone. Right. Oh and yeah, he's, he's not, not declared. Okay. I'm not going to pick him. All right. I'm going to go with a pick that. Uh, he did just declare gonna... two hours ago, actually. Oh, he did? Oh, okay. good. Good, good, yeah. good. Oh, wow. Well. I won't look like a fool right now. I appreciate you, Amy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Barry and Brown. You know, this guy was massively disappointing to me this year. He does have a 10-600 meter to his name. I mean, he's got a couple kick returns for a touchdown. I don't know. I, I thought with... I'm supposed to be keeping comments to minimum, so I won't comment too much. I've, I've, I wish he had more production to this point, but I do like his traits, and I think he could be a really good NFL wide receiver. I did consider taking him at 301, but like you said, I was just so disappointed whenever there's so yeah. much hype going into the last season. So I, I can yeah. understand the pick, though. John. I'm pretty mad right now because I really thought Beck was making it back to me. I uh, I really did. Like, I thought I was going to run the table with my quarterback. Jeremiah Smith. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um. So and you know what? Like I I have a I have a bunch of wide receivers here. You know, what? screw it. I'm, like we're at we're definitely at get your guy territory, and I'm just going to get my guy. I'm. I'm really a big fan of London Humphreys, you know, going over, speaking to Carson Beck, I really think that Car- <laughs> London Humphreys is going to be a, a, a solid player. He's the uh, number one wide receiver in the transfer portal right now, uh, or at least he was as of like four days ago or something according like that. According to 24-7, correct? Yeah. So he, yeah, according to 247, he is the number one guy. He's going to a great landing spot. We just talked about how Carson Beck's going to be drafted. He had a great year. He's probably going to build on that in his second year as a starter. Uh, there's really no reason to think uh, Lad McConkey's gone. Uh, you know, Dominic Lovett is is still there, I believe. Or did he? I believe Lovett's still Lovett's there. Still there. Yeah. Yeah. So Lovett's still there, but I mean, honestly, Lovett isn't really much of anything. Like I, I liked Lovett uh, going into the season. He didn't really prove to be uh, maybe who I thought he was going to be or anything like that. I don't think he's going to be anyone that's going to like hold somebody like Humphreys that can actually be a, you know, like a possible wide receiver one for a team. I don't think he's going to hold that back. And so I'm going to go ahead and take London Humphreys, the wide receiver one in the transfer portal for Georgia. Yeah, 247 needs to work on the transfer portal rankings guy, but 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, he, he, I mean, in all jokes aside, like, he's somebody that, that stood out in Beth, you know, in my model, uh, Josh, uh, in, uh, I, I named her Beth, but, um, <laughs> he's actually somebody that, that stood out in Beth for, uh, you know, like all throughout the season, I, added Humphreys in a waiver claim uh, on in a C2C league after like week four or five or something like that. Like it, it's not just because of two, four, seven and the transfer portal or whatever. It's that they, they saw Beth and then they were like, Oh yeah, yeah we got to get him up there. You know, that's awesome. Goodness gracious. All right. Double tapping it here. As I do, as I do. Um, so I have a lot of QBs and I don't really want to take another QB, even though I probably should, but we're once again at get your guy territory. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. I've talked about him a million times. I said he was going to be a stud and guess what? He's a stud. Your boy, my boy, Dylan Sampson is going to be a stud this year. Absolute stud. He is finally getting his shot and I... I love every second of it. I mean, they showed you were talking about Iowa and how Nico looked. What about what about Dylan Sampson? How did he look? He looked fantastic. I will say his pass protection leaves a ton to be desired, <laughs> but with the ball in his hands, he is so much fun to watch. Just don't watch him try to block. Luckily, I don't get points off of that, so I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, great pick. Uh, I was really hoping I'd kidnap him in the third round and just homer it up a little bit more, but dang. He wasn't making That's it back amazing. to you. I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I figured no matter as what. much. Yeah. I figured as much. Josh, you're on the board. You know, I'm trying to figure I have two picks left, right? This is my second to last one. Yes. Okay. So I'm a glutton for punishment here. And a Texas homer. So I'm just going to go Quinn Ewers, man. If we're just going to leave my boy on the board, then, uh, you know, he can't throw a deep ball. But if he ever figures that out, you know, <laughs> it's going to lock his way into a, a decent You definitely draft have now. one starting quarterback now for Texas. You yeah, figured yeah. that I one out. It down. Yeah, you hedged it. You hedged the bet. I like it. Yeah. It's a yeah. Move. yeah. No, I mean, I do think he's got, he's got some traits. But, uh, you know, I think he struggled a bit. But it was between him and Kate Klubnik. Both are heavily flawed and so um i'm just gonna go with quinn for now this is this is now the second debbie draft that i've seen this week or been a part of and that had arch manning in the first and quinn ewers in the third so i think that's pretty interesting that like we're starting to see a little bit of (laughs) of a pattern here you know we we saw we saw the arch manning at at the um at the practice with all the reporters and everything and quinn you know looking over and honestly it's starting to feel like that's that is truth (laughs) that is the truth yeah that's good all right i am going to take the actual freshman wide receiver that john should have took here but he was blinded by 247's erroneous transfer portal rankings and that is nc state wide receiver Kevin who i feel like maybe you guys just didn't even remember that guy because i didn't (laughs) until just now but uh (laughs) 845 yards 10 touchdowns over two yards per route run as a true freshman yeah i'll take that all day uh in the power five or power four whatever it is now granted the acc is definitely the uh, bottom tier of that power um but I like it. I think uh, he's going to end up building on that freshman year. And I can't – did NC State brought in a quarterback in the transfer portal, I want to say. I yeah, can't. they brought in uh, McCall, right? 
Grayson McCall, McCall, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I love so, that. So uh, I'll take uh, I'll take uh, Kevin Concepcion here. Dang. Uh, mm. I was thinking about that one for a while too. Whenever uh, I was drafting Eugene Wilson, I had Wilson, Barry and Brown and uh, Kevin Concepcion all kind of grouped together. And I was hoping to get two of them. Alas, that did not happen. So you live and you learn uh, moving on three Oh eight. And this is going to be gross, but I feel like somebody has to bite the bullet here. And I guess I'll bite the bullet and I will take my second quarterback. I'll take Drew Aller. I'll just take him off your hands. Y'all don't have to worry about where he's going to fall in this. Uh, yeah. So Drew Aller, I, and with going with a really like high upside pick, I'm, I'm fine with kind of doing something safer. He's going to get drafted. I don't know where now, especially after that season, but is what it is. Thank you, That's Lucas, awesome. for doing that for us. You're welcome. Yeah. You know, like I said, somebody had to bite the bullet. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate you taking that quarterback that I was never going to take. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't either. I was going to take Kate Klubnik, so, you know. <laughs> well, you said Klubnik, too, so I'm like, all right, uh, this is uh, going to be awkward, but that's okay. Uh, and it does leave me kind of in this, like, weird spot here at 309. I know I don't get another pick. The rest of the time so i'm going to yolo this out here and depending on what website you look at the position for this player changes but the only tight end who i would even consider touching even remotely close in the draft uh i'm going to go with deuce robinson tight end from usc uh to round out my picks for our mock draft at 309 he looked good as a freshman, he does fit more of like the wide receiver build, even though he is listed as a tight end. So I'm curious to see if he'll put him uh, any more weight in college. Uh, but he, he's definitely going to be a receiving threat uh, for them. Hopefully that can translate to the next level. There's no really great tight ends, but I think he's the best that uh, the Debbie mock has to offer at this point. So 309, Deuce Robinson, and I am done team complete <laughs> i like it i like that i think he's definitely gonna have to be a tight end at the next level if that's what he does and um, he's definitely got all those traits so i love it all right there's another quarterback that i want to take but he's he's definitely probably has the most upside of anybody left on the board um but he did he does worry me a little bit just because quarterbacks are so hard to project i feel like Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do a pick that, uh, just to plant my flag pick, uh, since it's get your guy season, I am going to take Iowa state running back Abu Sama, the third, uh, who exploded the last few games of the season and basically just took the, uh, took the job from whoever had the job at the beginning of the year. I mean, there was Cartavius Norton and a few other guys, uh, was it Jareel Brock who, who had it for a minute there, but, um, Abu Sama, uh, who Iowa State, you know, we're talking pedigrees, like Iowa State puts out running backs into the NFL, and uh, they got a coach there, Matt Campbell, who can coach him up too as well. So I will take a flyer here. I think it is a high upside pick. I think Abu Sama could be really good, um, and I'm going to try and dodge the quarterback bullets because I just feel like there's going to be so many landmines in this Debbie draft when it comes to the quarterback position that I don't – I'm going to try and step on as few as I can. I'm diving yeah. right into those mines. So 
You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. Somebody's got to do it. Hey, I I mean, obviously, I like that pick, man. I like those upside picks, and obviously, he's already produced some. Um, for me, I'm going to go with another, like, YOLO. This is a plant, plant our flag season, right? And so probably wouldn't normally take him here because I won't have to. But I want to talk about him. So Caleb Jackson, running back from LSU, ran a 10-600 meter. He's 220 pounds. And anytime that guy got into the game, even in the bowl game, like he produced, he, he had a touchdown. He's looked like the best running back in that backfield. Obviously, Logan, Digg- Logan Diggs is out. Um, you know, don't know if he's necessarily going to be the next guy, but I think you can't teach what he's got when you got 10, 600 meter speed at 220 pounds. Um, and he's shown some flashes already as a freshman and they like him there at LSU. So um, I'm going to take a, take a plant my flag season on Caleb Jackson. Yeah, I actually like that one. I, I, I forgot to put him on my list, but I think he would have been my next pick had, like now I'm looking at the ranks and stuff. I'm pretty sure he would have been my next guy. <laughs> nice. So, Makes me not feel so nice. Me. Yeah. Nice snipe without actually, without me even knowing that it was available to snipe. Um, <laughs> all right, John, you got the last pick in the draft, man. Let's close it out here. All right. So this is tough. Last pick, get your guy. I'm not going to get my guy. I'm going to get this guy because I feel like he should be drafted, even though I have way too many quarterbacks. But Jackson Arnold has to be drafted at some point in in, in this draft, yeah. so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take him. <laughs> I, that I was who I was like being... thinking there, but yeah, but... Dang. yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you did it because he does need to be drafted in the first three rounds. Yeah, I agree. I feel like he would probably go earlier in in a lot of drafts. Um, sure. Yeah, maybe not like super early or anything like that. I mean, depending on how QB hungry your your teams and leagues are and everything. But I feel like generally speaking he'd probably be early third or you know even possibly late second something like that um he you know he looked okay he's definitely the guy in at oklahoma he's going to be the starter so you know he still have stuff has stuff to prove uh but you know he's, he's looked he's looked okay when he's uh you know been out there on the field so far all right i know we've gone way over what we were originally wanting for time so i'm going to throw one more question out there after we have finished up our 2024 devi startup mock draft and i don't care where they are in terms of adp or where you would have to pick them but who is the one player that hasn't been picked yet that you feel like you just there's something inside you you have to get this player every single time you're in a draft uh, and as the guest, uh, why don't we start with you, Josh? Yeah. Uh, oh man, I'm kind of between two, but I'll I'll pick one. Name of both. Just, Name of both. Might as well. Okay. And just because they're intriguing to, I, I, as you can tell from my my picks, I just like upside guys. I think if I'm going to strike out, I just want to strike out big. Um, and this guy, I just don't know what he's going to be like as a passer long term. But Avery Johnson from Kansas State. I mean, we'll look. Will Howard left because. He was going to be usurped by Avery Johnson. And then he went to, he was going to go to Miami, USC, or Ohio State. I mean, those are big programs that are looking at Will Howard. Um, so, you know, Avery Johnson's got the arm. His mechanics are a little funky, but man, he's got traits. And I think he's really special. I think if you can pack on some pounds, he's, you know, he's potentially special. But, um, and then the other one is Aiden. Too. Yeah. And then yeah. Aiden Chiles, um, who's following, um, you know, his coach Jonathan Smith from Oregon State to Michigan State. I think he's another one that 
he's got some traits, right? He can run, he can throw the ball. I'm intrigued to see what he turns into. Um, but you know, he was hovering as my QB six in that class, and um, and I can see him finishing finishing higher than that. So number one QB in the transfer portal for two four seven. Really? I love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, most places he's at least top ten. I think on three has him a little bit lower than some of the other sites. Uh, but yet yeah, really exciting player. Yeah. 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 I like Aiden Childs. Um, uh, the other, like the Kansas state quarterback, you know, that's a guy that's not really on my radar, but um, I'll, I, I'll take your word for it because I feel like Will Howard was just so unexciting for me as a, as a player that I just haven't been watching Kansas state, but um, I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, for me, the guy that I, I don't want to leave any Debbie drafts without um if I can help it, is Arizona running back Jonah Coleman. Ooh, who I like that. Yeah, he's he's I think he's flying way under the radar. Huge breakaway ability, like 6.8 yards per attempt. Uh he had 472 breakaway yards and only 127 attempts. And he's a huge threat, not a huge threat out of the backfield, but he had 26 catches. Um, and he's got the size. Um, you know, there's I think Rayshon Luke was like the the highly touted running back that they brought in a couple of years ago, and like uh-huh. so he's an afterthought at this point to uh, Jonah Coleman. So um, that's a guy that I'll be looking to scoop up just about everywhere. Uh, there's a few wide receivers that I could talk about, but uh, I'll I'll you know they're not really that exciting. <laughs> Thanks, I like really deep cuts here. Nice, dude. Real quick with uh. Jonah Coleman's yards per contact after attempt was five over five yards. I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, this guy's he can break tackles, he's got good vision, he can catch the ball. You know, he did yeah, it, it's gonna be intriguing to see what he's like when he gets that backfield to himself. So I love that. All right, John. Uh, this is tough. I I think that there's some wide receivers that I like, but I don't even know if I like them enough to actually call them out. So <laughs> I'm just going to stick with the running backs. I want to believe that rocket Sanders is going to lose like 10 pounds or something and, <laughs> and go back to what he was. Um, so I'm going to say that. And I honestly have, you know, like I, we saw what he did in you know, his sophomore year. And then this past year was not great. So, you know, hopefully he goes back to that way. Obviously, we know he dealt with injury this year. It wasn't just the weight gain, but I'm sure the weight gain did not help anything. Um, And then I also feel like, you know, a a player that we definitely liked last year, he had some issues in the offseason, and he started off really slow probably because of those issues. But then he came on strong, you know, later on, and it's Jarquez Hunter. Um, I feel like people have kind of, you know, completely forgotten about him. And, I mean, I get it. Auburn isn't the most sexy thing in the world, (laughs) you know, sexy school and program and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But I still believe he's a talented player, even though it was kind of a a forgotten season or whatever you want to call it. So I I don't want to completely, you know, leave him out when when it's all said and done. I think those are some excellent picks. There's not really anyone who's standing out to me right now in terms of players who are left. Uh, as a homer, I'm paying attention to Cam Seldon just because love his size, love his speed. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what his role is going to be, especially with Dylan Sampson there. So I, he's not necessarily somebody I have to leave 
drafts with. He's just somebody I'm paying attention to. And there, there are so many good wide receivers. And I love me some wide receivers. I just love them to death. Uh, someone I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about yet. I've got to remember his name really quick. Like I, I've seen him enough times. Uh, holy cow, I am having the biggest brain fart in the world here. That's okay. Give it us a hint. Of uh, the wide receiver from Alabama. Oh, my goodness. Oh, is, is it Bond? Yes, Bond. Thank yeah. you. Uh, both Bond and then also Jalen Hale. Like Those two, I'm really interested in them. Uh, I want somebody from the Alabama passing attack. Don't know who just because of the pedigree of Alabama wide receivers. It's been a rough couple of years. Uh, it's not good whenever Jeremiah Burton's your uh, wide receiver one. Uh, for any wide receiver room that is, but they may it work. So that's kind of who I'm paying attention to. And like I said, we've gone way over where we wanted to be, but I think we have named all of the players that you need to be paying attention do. to right now. <laughs> yeah. Like we have some deep cuts. We have the classics in here and Holy cow. Uh, we got through all three rounds and then pretty much added a fourth round without even intending to, uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us for this. It's nice to have another voice in here. Uh, hopefully some more reason whenever we have to listen to John all the time. So it's been a very good balance. I really appreciate that. Uh, just some final takeaways and some things that you've got uh, going on, things that you're working on as we are kicking off 2024 college football. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. You know, I, I would say my, my takeaways are it's the wild, wild west after the first round. So uh, pick Jeremiah Smith. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's going to be it's a it's a transition year in a lot of ways. And so I think that's kind of the, the theme for me. So appreciate you guys having me on. You can find my work at Fantasy Points. I'm at CFF guys on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I'm just super thankful that y'all let me chatted up with you guys and, and talk some football for uh now going on a couple hours oh yeah holy cow uh but yeah thank you so much josh uh, for coming on we really do appreciate it it's been an absolute blast uh andy final thoughts on the mock draft uh any lessons learned or uh takeaways from it yeah i gotta take jeremiah smith earlier than i have been uh i'm gonna take that straight to the bank um because he's gonna be absolutely I mean, he's open depth chart, right? But um, other than that, I, I I think you know we did a pretty good job. I think we 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 said it all. There we go, John. Uh, I can't wait until this is put out and you guys cry about how you know. Oh, it's not fair that John won again. Like, you know, like it, it's it's always so much fun uh, when we put out the the graphics and and everyone's like, oh man, you know, like you. I really like where you got this guy, but you can't compete with John's team. You know, so I, I just can't wait. Uh, I'm oh, so man. looking forward to you not winning the vote finally. Yes. That's the okay. hope here. That's why I really <laughs> want so bad. I don't care who wins at this point. Uh, it just can't be John. And it was very nice to go throughout this draft and not get booed for drafting AD Mitchell. Uh, so didn't have any picks like that. I'm really excited. Uh, got actually some surprise looks because I stole uh, Katron Allen at the end of the second. So I'm feeling really good. Uh, it's always a great experiment to go through, do these mock drafts, uh, see where everybody's valuing them. Valuing different players in comparison, 
with how you value them. See if you need to change your strategy to make sure you're getting the positions uh, that you need. And I'm, I'm extremely surprised in the gap in wide receiver. We went over a full round in between wide receivers being picked. So that's my that's biggest how ugly surprise. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It is quite ugly, but we make do with what we have. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. And before we're done, though, we are doing a giveaway. We have a signed Malachi Nelson jersey from USC before he went to Boise State. So um, uh. it may or may not have been acquired <laughs> before the end of the season and before he entered the transfer portal. Uh, <laughs> but what better representation for the Debbie show than having the signed jersey of somebody who entered the transfer portal and we're giving it away. So stay tuned. We will be announcing that hopefully within the next week. So next time that you are listening to us or watching us on YouTube, uh, we should have that announced. Really excited for it. As always, make sure you are hitting that like button, hitting the subscribe button, leave a comment, tell us what we're doing well, tell us how John had the worst team. And I, like I said, I don't care who had the best team. It just can't be John. That's what we're working towards here every single day on Full Tilt Debbie shows, just to be better <laughs> than John. And it that makes hasn't me... happened yet. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All <terrible>. right. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll wrap it up once again thank you all so much for watching hit like hit subscribe josh thank you so much for joining us and until next time y'all have a good night